What's up? Welcome back to Point Blake, episode number 19. I'm Chantel Chan, joined alongside Akeem Haynes. We thank you so much for rocking with us for the last 18 episodes and tuning in to episode number 19. Remember, if you like the content that we're putting out, if you're watching the videos, make sure to hit that subscribe button. You can also connect with us on IG at the Point Blank Pod and on Twitter at Point Blank Pod. And you'll see in the description below the ways that you can connect with us. Also, our personal Twitter handles as well as Instagram handles and Nakeem well it was a busy week in sports but there's a lot to look forward to what do we have on deck for today you know we're gonna start right in the NFL Chantel and we're gonna get down to it this is the type of games that I like to watch playoffs because the teams actually care a lot more and everybody wants to be a champion now you have to see if you are who you say you are in the playoffs until at the beginning we talked a lot about episodes before maybe episode 10 or 11 we talked about the pretenders right who are the pretenders well now we're going to get down to it let me give a quick recap of what happened this weekend the tampa bay bucks beat the eagles the san francisco 49ers beat the cowboys the kansas city chiefs beat the steelers the cincinnati Bengals. well they beat your Raiders, Chantel, but the Buffalo Bills also beat the New England Patriots, Chantel. But I want to ask you, what was the most or who is the most overrated team in the NFL this season, especially from all of these playoff teams? Who did you think was the ultimate pretender this year? I think it was the Dallas Cowboys. Everyone says that they play in the NFC least and Let's be serious. They could have won that game, right? They definitely could have won that game. The Dallas Cowboys, they have a great offense when you look at it. Dak Prescott, let's give him some credit here because I want to take a moment and give Dak some props because he came back from that brutal injury and he didn't miss a step. And he's the main reason why the Cowboys won that division. And he played pretty well, the best that he could. But this is an offense that also has Ezekiel Elliott, that has Amari Cooper, that has a CD Lamb. And they just weren't able to get it done again against the San Francisco 49ers defense. I mean, they struggled early on in the game to get things going offensively. And when you really look at it, man, the Dallas Cowboys, a lot of people had them slated to kind of make a run in this postseason because if you look at it, they kind of had all the pieces. When you look at their defense, I would say for the first time in the past five years, they probably had one of the best defenses for their franchise in the last five years. So for me, the Dallas Cowboys were the biggest pretenders this season because they weren't able to get it done against the Niners at home, at home. Like when was the last time the Dallas Cowboys won a playoff game? When we think about teams that have choked, I'm sorry, Cowboy fans, but the season that you guys had, you guys should have made it further. You guys should have made it to the divisional matchup. And to me, the Dallas Cowboys are the biggest pretenders of the season. What about you, Akeem? Who do you have being the biggest pretenders of the season? You know, I was. <laughs> See, Bella, that, that had to happen. Even, even Kobe had to be like, they were some pretenders. Yo, look, look I'm, I'm, 
I'm with Mike. I'm with Kobe. I'm with you, the Dallas Cowboys. You know, I messaged my boy the other day. Shout out to my man, Chuck Okafor. Look, if you're in Calgary and you're trying to get a home, my man is in real estate. He'll take care of you. Stop playing and hit my man up. You know what I'm saying? But Chantel, I hit my man up, right? Because, you know, my guy has always been a faithful Dallas Cowboys, like supporter, not a fan, but a true supporter. And I was, you know, I wasn't even trying to talk junk. I was just checking on my guy. I was like, I said, bro, every year they let you guys down. And he replied, man, every year they break our hearts. Of course, they are the team that 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 is the pretender Chantel, because they have so much weapons or so they say <laughs> so much things that are happening for them. And, you know, I don't know what the heck is going on with Ezekiel Elliott and that running game. Honestly, give me Troy Pollard over Ezekiel Elliott right now. I don't know what the situation is, but my man is just not running with any motivation, no inspiration, no will, right? So I am not even mad that they abandoned the running game for most of the last four to five games that they played, and even going into this one, right? Because I don't think that they are fully sold on some of those weapons. Mm. We go back into the last minute, right? Because it's going to be talked about quite some time. Everybody's going to be talking about it. The 49ers should have found the way to run the clock out and end that game. I don't know what the situation was, but it just seemed like the playoffs, anything can happen. And on the last 30 seconds, now people are going to say, you know, it was a great call for Dak to go and run. It was wide open. And I just don't know if that was the right situation for him to do, right? Yes, we want to get close. We want to go. We want to get the yards. But when you go and you're running and you take a and you slide, it's going to take some time because the offensive linemen, as good and strong and quick as they are, they ain't the fastest to be able to get up there. Then you saw the ref coming in. I don't know if they, I don't know if you saw the full play, but that ref, the ref had to, he probably in his 50, probably 51, 52. He probably get a little uh, little cardio workout in when he can. Probably do a little plyometrics when he can. He was in good strides, <laughs> right? You know, I used to I used to run, so I know the stride pattern, right? He was holding his whistle in one arm. I was like, okay, he's hustling to go and to get the next play going. But you know what happened was, um, obviously, he couldn't run around the tackles and do a full U and then come to the center of it. So he tried to run in between the tackles. And try to touch the ball to put it down. It just so happened that Dak was in that same that same uh, hole that he was trying to cut in, and then he ran out of time. But this isn't the first time that the that 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 the Dallas Cowboys have had something similar like this happen to them. I remember when Tony Romo was playing. I don't remember the full play per se, but something happened with Tony Romo when they're on goal line, and the situation happened. So every year the Dallas Cowboys finds a way to break their supporters and their fans' hearts. So for that, I wasn't even surprised by how they lost, honestly. So they are pretenders to me, and some changes need to be made. But point blank, would love to know who do you think has been the most overrated team in this NFL? playoffs so far Chantel it's heavy on the combat sports this weekend we got some great matchups but we got to recap one that happened this past weekend Joe Smith versus Steve Jeffrard Joe Smith Jr. defended his WBO light heavyweight title for the first time and came out on top Chantel what were your thoughts on this fight I want to give props to Steve Jeffard right because he took the fight 
nine days in. And he was able to take some heavy shots. He lasted longer than I thought. He went nine rounds with Joe Smith Jr. Let's give him some credit there because that's not easy to do, especially when you think about he only had nine days to prepare. And we know that, you know, he has sparred with Kovalev, but a sparring session is totally different than a real fight. So I just want to give him some credit because he was able to last nine rounds. And I think that is impressive. But what was more impressive was Joe Smith Jr. I mean, I thought the performance that he put on was must watch television to be quite honest with you because we kind of saw a little bit of everything from joe smith right i thought he underperformed against vaslov i said that in the previous episode i thought he lost that fight so for him to come out i thought he jabbed really well i thought he showed his power i thought he moved around the ring really well and then when he got to throw in you know those nasty combos with power he was doing that and i was really impressed like damn joe is putting out some work right now and he showed that you know he does have a superior skill set like in his division, he does have a good skill set. Now he got the stoppage and that's what we wanted to see yeah. from him. Joe Smith had to finish with style. He got the stoppage like we all expected. And I think he fought very, very well. The big question is, who does he fight next, right? We know that he wants better BF. And um, I think that would actually be a crazy fight. Another guy that I think would be a pretty good fight would be Anthony Yard. Because he's extremely explosive as well. You put them in a ring together. That's a lot of power. And I think that's a must-watch fight as well. Um, but I think Joe Smith is actually a better boxer than Anthony Yard. So he would win that fight. And let's be serious. He's not going to fight Callum Johnson. I think that fight, that fight's not going to happen. And there's not going to be a rematch against um, Bivol because that's already happened. I also think Bivol's in the sweepstakes for Canelo. So I think we might get that fight before, but for Joe Smith, better be Ev or Joe Smith and Anthony yard. I'm looking forward to those fights. And I think those fights would be the next to make for Joe Smith, but I thought he put on a great performance. I was impressed and uh, I can't wait to see what he does next. What about you, Akeem? What were your thoughts on this fight? You know, I, I was, I was, I was watching the fight and I was listening to uh, what Tim Bradley was saying, man, he, he's a hard person to please. Right. But then, but then I'd be seeing him, you know, how much he praises Lomachenko. And I'm like, man, bro, like what's, like what's happening right here? Like what type of performances are you trying to see here? Right. But I thought Joe Smith was, uh, was working the rust out this fight, you know, while with, with this fight, right. There was a lot of delays, right. He had, yeah. I think he caught COVID um, and he was in the hospital. So it really hit him. Right. So I think in this fight, he was finding his group, it's one thing, as you alluded to, it's one thing to be training, right? Hitting the punching bags, you know, getting the skip rope in, right? Getting your neck curls. I know they do the neck curls in the training. I know all these, all these different things. It's one thing to do that, but it's another thing to get inside of the ring when the momentum is flowing and the fans are screaming. And now you have someone else who wants to hurt you. Um, I think um, if Joe Smith put the same pressure in the seventh round and the eighth round that he did in the first two rounds, he would have got Steve Jeffright out of there a little bit earlier. But let's touch on Steve Jeffright real quick, right? Because we don't want to be one-sided on the show. It just seemed like Chantel that he was not, he felt like he was afraid to fight. He was afraid to let his that hands... That high guard was nasty though, that high guard? Woo. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, it was. It was nice, high, and tight. And I understand he had to be cautious of Joe Smith's power, but it should never make you fearful to box. You talked about the high guard. It's great if you don't forget to move your head. You have to move and flow with it. We see what Canelo does with it when he uses it, right? He had a nice stiff jab, though. 
but I didn't give him a round. I think maybe you could argue maybe one round if, if you really were feeling a little bit generous. But as he was doing the high guard, I kept thinking to myself as I was watching, I'm like, yo, Joe, go to the body. Like it's open. Like my man was so up here. I'm like, yo, there's body meat right there. Hit that. Right. So um, I thought it was a good performance. Um, I thought this Joe had to knock him out. Otherwise it would have been yeah. a whole different conversation, but I thought for all of the things that he had to overcome to get to this fight and the performance, I thought it was good. I don't have any issues with it. Right. So who do we want to see him against next? Right. Because, you know, I remember a couple episodes back, you know, one of our, uh, one of our supporters, uh, said in the YouTube comments, you guys got to tell about other people who they should yes. fight next. And we appreciate you. Look, we listen on point blank, right? Like we read those comments. Um, Anthony Yard, I, 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 I didn't think of that one. I like that one, Chantel. Um, but he was talking about, he wants to see Artur Better Biaf and Dimitri Bivol. In my opinion, they both give him, they both give him that respectful work. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that respectful work. But I'd still like to see it, right? And um, I think for Steve Jeffrard, look, if a fighter can lose two fights and come back on to win 18 more fights, you lose this one. You know, I think uh, he has that type of will to still go on to have a decent career. And I hope that he does. And I hope that he continues to make some good money um, because I do yeah. think that he has some good skill sets. I just don't think he's at that level or that caliber that some of these other guys are. But Point Blank would love to know who do you think Joe Smith Jr. should fight next? Chantel, we have another fight coming up this weekend. Gary Russell Jr. We haven't seen him in the ring in a while. But we like to see Gary Russell Jr. active, right? And this weekend, he's fighting Mark McSayo for the WBC featherweight title. Chantel, what are your thoughts on this fight? And who do you have winning? Well, you know, Russell's defending his featherweight title. Um, we don't see him a lot. He's not very active. We see him fight like once a year. His one loss is to the one and only Lomachenko. No surprise there. He's a very slick southpaw. He's got crazy speed, very quick hands. You know, he definitely has the advantage in the speed department over Mark. And uh, the one thing about Gary Russell Jr., if you haven't seen, he likes to be patient and land like a lot of clean shots. That's at least what I've noticed from him. He has a very high IQ. He's got pretty good footwork, good timing. Um, you know, he's definitely going to be landing on Mark. And he's got a good chin, actually, because he's fought guys that have power. So yeah. that's interesting because Mark, Mark's got that power, okay? Um, you know, and he's definitely going to be showing that in the fight because in the later rounds, if it goes into the later rounds, I think Mark's power is going to come into handy because as you know, in boxing, I've mentioned this before. So many people do as boxing fans, one punch can change everything. And that's why I think Mark is always going to be in this fight. He has a nasty right hand. And I think he likes to use that hand a lot. Um, he's very explosive with his combos and he's a relentless boxer. So he's going to keep coming forward and try landing big shots defensively though. He's going to be leaving himself pretty open. And I think mm -hmm. that's where Gary Russell is going to start taking advantage. Also, I noticed that, a lot of body shots get landed on Mark as well. So I think that's going to come into play. Gary Russell Jr., listen, he has a very high IQ. He's going to land some major body shots on Mark. So keep that in mind as well. I think the one thing with Mark McSayo is that, you know, if he sees that you're hurt, he's going to come after you. Like he's relentless in that way. He's going to try to get that knockout. And I know that Gary Russell Jr. isn't the most active boxer, but when I look at it, man, this fight is absolutely, it's going to be crazy. Like, I'm really looking forward to this fight. I don't know why there's not enough hype on it right now, 
But I think this is going to be a very good fight because it has power versus a guy that's very skilled. And these are some of the best matchups that, you know, we see in boxing. It's also Southpaw versus Orthodox. And you know Mm -hmm. that when it's Southpaw versus Orthodox, it's always an interesting fight because usually for an Orthodox fighter, they don't see a lot of Southpaws. Like, you know, they do see Southpaws, but it's kind of rare. But for a Southpaw boxer, they see a lot of Orthodox guys. So I think that's going to come into favor as well. Um, I actually have this fight going the distance. I have Gary Russell Jr. winning by unanimous decision. Mm. I think it's going to be a very good fight. It's going to be entertaining. And these guys are going to put on an absolute show. And I also think it's arguable that Gary Russell Jr., as much as he doesn't he isn't as active. I still think he's one of the best featherweights in the world. Like, I'm just going to keep it real. Like he's definitely one of my favorites, but I got Gary Russell winning by unanimous decision. What about you, Akeem? What are your thoughts on this fight? Give me your breakdown and give me your prediction. That's a great take right there. Chantel. Look, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to side with you on that. I think Gary Russell is an ex- one of those talents and one of those skillful people who don't come around very often. Um, yeah. We haven't seen the man fight in two years. I think his last fight was in 2018, but he's defended his title six times and won six times. So the experience shows that he knows what's on the line. And this isn't something that is going to be out of the ordinary for him. Right. And, but to give some backstory, right. I, I don't know where his head fully is because from what I understand in his camp, Um, he's been training by himself a little bit more than he would like to because his dad is recovering from some type of amputation. I'm not sure what body limb was amputated and his brother passed away in December. So, you know, for me, I'm always just like, man, yeah, you know, you're mentally strong and mentally tough, but also like the heaviness of that kind of wears on you. And so with his dad not really being able to see him face to face, because I know they're doing a lot of uh, uh, FaceTime and, and, and duo calls. I wonder what his sharpness is going to be like, right? Because it's, Chantel, I'll be running, right? And when my coach isn't there, um, you know, I'll be feeling, I'll be feeling good. I'll be like, man, you know, my starts are looking good. I feel explosive, but then when I get in the block with somebody else and my coaches there, I realize I'm not in that type of shape or sharpness that I yeah. thought I was, right? Because we always think that we are in better shape than, uh, than we think. So parts of me wonder, is that going to play a part? But, you know, we last saw Gary Russell when he fought uh, Tugsnot Tug Nayambar. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong, my guy. Um, but I feel like we got to see a bunch of skill set that makes him a champion. Nice, crisp jab, fast. His, 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 his shots snap back as quickly as he throws it. He's got natural hand speed, as you alluded to. Yeah. But what I like about him, Chantel, he's always, always moving, right? His head movements are nice. His footwork is nice. He's always moving, ready to counterpunch defensively. I like what he does. And I think he's grown and developed a lot since his fight with Lomachenko. Yeah. I, would love, I would love to see that rematch, but, you know, we may not. We don't, we, we don't always get the fights we want to see, Chantel. Uh <laughs> But let's touch definitely on, don't. Yes. <laughs> let's touch on Mark real quick. Um, in his last fight against Julio Ceja, um, I thought it was a good fight, and there was some drama in there, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, Mixeo came out and dropped him in the first round, and then in the fifth round, Mixeo got dropped, and then he recovered from that in the tenth round. He knocked him out with the KO. Who wins this fight, though, Chantel? That's what we want to know, right? That's what we were talking about. I hope Mixeo and his team 
went back and fixed some of those defensive techniques of the last fight because he took a lot of body shots. Just even his style of trying to cover it up. I'm just like, bro, you're actually making it a little bit worse, right? Because um, if Seha was a little bit more agile, he could have shifted angles and really hit him, really hit him in those rib cage and exposed yeah. that a little bit more. Um, so if from Gary Russell, if, if I'm Gary Russell, I'm coming out and I am going right for the body shots, but I'm also fighting from a distance because, you know, Megseo has got that power. He's got that right hand. So I'm fighting from a distance. I'm picking my spots when it's time to come in. I'm coming in when it's time to get out of there. I'm going to get out of there. If I'm Megseo, I'm picking my spots, but I'm pressuring him often in the last fight um, uh, with Gary Russell. When Tugsnot um, Nambar was putting on the pressure, he was kind of he was kind of rustled a little bit, right? But Tugsnot came back because obviously Garrison was counterpunching. But if I'm Mark, I'm a better puncher than Tugsnot, so I have to be more aggressive and apply the pressure. We also saw in the tenth and eleventh round, Gary Russell got a little bit tired. And that is when you got to pounce on that. And I think Mark is one of those relentless fighters who is not going to give that chance. Um, when he sees the opportunity to go, he's going to take it and hopefully keep applying to it. That is why, Chantel, I am going to go with Gary Russell Jr. winning this fight because he knows that's going to come. He's been watching the tape on Mark. He knows Mark would like to be aggressive. Why am I going to try to fight you and be aggressive with you? I'm going to fight you from a distance, pick my spots, and I'm going to the cards, and I'm walking out. Even though I haven't fought in two years, I'm still going to retain my belt. I'm still going to be a champion. Point blank would love to know who do you have winning this fight? If you think it's a knockout, what round? Or if you think it's going to the distance, Definitely let us know in the YouTube section below. Chantel, we're going to keep it right in the combat sports. Heavyweight fights, for whatever reason, whatever reason, heavyweight fights, man, it just, it just does something to you because they don't really always like to fight each other, right? Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Ghosn. I'm talking about UFC 270, Chantel. Who do you have winning this fight? How does it go? Break it all down. Well, you know, this fight, I was actually trying to figure out who was going to win. And I was like, man, I don't know, because this <laughs> is the such, same thing. This is such a crazy fight. And it was so hard to pick who was going to actually win. Right. So let's start with Gon because he has a very high, high IQ. You know, he's got really good stamina. He's got good power shots. He can outstrike dudes and he's an elite technician. I thought he bodied Derek Lewis, which is hard to do. And I thought he kind of, you know, ripped him apart. So that alone is crazy when I went back to look at that fight. And as for Francis, I mean, he's one of the most scary and exciting fighters in the UFC. He has ridiculous power. He's improved his takedown defense. He's extremely explosive. I do think that he is going to land some big shots on Gon. And it's just a matter of time mm -hmm. before he lands that big one. But... I think this fight is going to be from the distance, right? They're going to fight from a distance because these guys know each other so well. And I think that's going to play into effect into this big title matchup, right? I mean, I'm trying to figure out who's going to win when you look at these guys' skill sets because they're both really good and they both have power. But the fact that Gon is a technician, man, I think Gon is going to win in the fourth round by submission or it's going to go to the cards and he's going to win by unanimous decision. I think it's going to, I'm going to pick Gon to win this one, which is crazy because 
I actually looked at betting because that's what I do. Um, and uh, Gunn was actually the favorite. And Francis was the underdog, which is crazy to me. Like, that's cra- like I would put my money on Francis then just because I take that bet. And because, you know, one punch and one hit can like change everything. I might put my money on Francis there because he's the underdog in this fight, which is crazy. Yeah. But I just think um, everything that I've seen from Gon, like the, he's an elite technician. Um, he's got that power. And I think if it goes into the later rounds, I think it's in his favor. I definitely think it's in his favor. So I got Gon to win in the fourth by submission or it's going to go to, you know, the cards and mm-hmm. Gon's still going to win. What about you, Akeem? Who do you got? Uh, let me know how, let me know why. And um, like, I know you said you were confused uh, about who you're going to pick in this fight. So who you got? Yo, I was, I was, <laughs> I was just like, yo, I actually don't know. And um, um, yeah, you know, we're going to have to make a decision. You made your decision, right? Very calculated division decision. I'm still trying to figure this out. Right. So, uh, I, you know, I, obviously we know it's going to be a great fight, you know, two heavyweights, um, coming in with different skill sets, right? You know, Ngannou, as you said, he's got that knockout power, you know, that 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 eraser, so to speak. But Cyril Ghan is, is, is different because his skill set is not just power. He can do a bit of everything, right? And for a big man, for a heavyweight, he moves so lightly on his feet, right? And I think that was part of the reason why, I don't know if you saw the picture last month with Francis Ngannou, you think he dropped like 15, 20 pounds, right? So he's not as big as he was. He's a little bit, I mean, he's still massive. He's still a big guy, right? But he's, he's not as big. But I think that is because he knows he's going to have to fight a different type of fight with Cyril Gom because, you know, we t- you talked about his fight with Derek Lewis and that performance, Cyril Gom methodically took, Darius, took Derek Lewis apart every single round because you know Derek Lewis has crazy power right like you know he's got that eraser as well too but that's Cyril, the thing yeah but Cyril Gunn wasn't afraid to know look I'm gonna fight my fight right because you know the fans were booing a little bit when he was getting out of there you know the fans look the fans always want to see a knockout right we don't want to see nobody running but that doesn't necessarily allow you to win the fight so yeah. um, Cyril Gunn is a lot more swifter and a lot more um, elusive for a heavyweight than we may have seen. Um, Francis Ngannou, you know he's got the power, you know he's aggressive, but he also wants this fight to go face-to-face. Look, I don't want to do no kicking like that. I don't want to do no takedowns. If I got it to be taken down, okay, cool. But he wants this fight to be shot for shot. Let's go ahead and let's duke it out. I don't got time for none of this. Let's just do it right now. So... I think the fight goes like this, Chantel. I think in the first two rounds, Francis Francis Ngannou is going to put the pressure on him heavy. I think he's going to come out, not not be disrespectful with the pressure because Cyril Ghan is a big cat. He's he's got power in that hand. But he's going to try to put the pressure on him and try to force him to face him face-to-face so they can, you know, exchange hands. Um, And I think the type of pressure that I think is going to put out is going to work against him in the later rounds. 
because I think Cyril is going to get his bounce on. He's going to make sure that he gets out of there. He's going to use the full length and the full height of the octagon. He's going to make sure that he's always constantly moving. He's always going to have an eye in the back of his head, to the side of his head, using the peripherals, because nobody ever wants to get caught from the Francis Ngannou shot, because that one shot could take you out. And I think uh, uh, Gan will try to fight from a distance, and he'll be working on racking up the points in the first couple rounds. Um, I think if he fights from a distance, this is the whole, uh, if he fights from a distance, this is the best way for him to win. Don't get in there and try to mix it up with Francis Ngannou. Allow him to be frustrated. Allow him to say, yo, this guy's running. Look, allow him to think whatever he wants to think as you're fighting from a distance, Chantel. But Akeem, we hear you talking way too much, Akeem. We just want to know who is going to win. Man, Chantel, Chantel, Chantel. What's uh, the coin? <laughs> just with a coin, man. <laughs> That's the only way that you can pick who's gonna win because it's it, like it's tough, right? I have I have Cyril Gan winning by decision, Chantel. And the only reason why I say that is because um, I think he's a bit more of a complete fighter than Francis Ngannou. Um, his team knows Ngannou; they know what to expect. I'm I'm sure Ngannou is gonna change some things, but I just think. Cyril is going to come in with that same type of style as he did with Derek Brooks, uh, Derek Lewis, sorry. And I think that is what is going to help him win this fight. And so um, I think uh, Cyril Gunn goes in there and becomes a champion. However, that means um, that Francis Ngannou, you know, we may see Francis Ngannou and Tyson Fury in 2023, if that is the case. But Point Blank would love to know, who do you have winning this fight? Look, there's really no no really wrong way. You can't really go wrong with either or. Somebody has to win and somebody has to lose. But Point Blank would love to know your thoughts on this fight. Who do you have winning in what round? Chantel, before we get out of here, man, we got to get to the word of the week. And, you know, it's still January. There's still a lot of things happening New Year's uh, resolutions, new commitments, new everything. Um, but I feel like this word, especially in this month, is highly applicable to every single person's uh, time um, and what they're trying to accomplish. Word of the week, Chantel, is accountability. Um, when you think of accountability, what comes to mind? When I think of accountability, I really think it's, um, you know, just taking I don't want to use the word accountability, but pretty much putting yourself in a position where you know that if you're trying to accomplish something or if you do something wrong, mm-hmm. that you actually own up to it, right? I think um, in a lot of ways, a lot of people, when they get into situations, you know, they kind of don't own up to their stuff. Like when you make a mistake and it's life, like we all make mistakes. I make mistakes every day. I probably make like about 10 a day. And you know what? Sometimes just take that accountability and be like, you know what? I kind of messed up there. And even when it comes to apologies, I just want to say this because I feel like this is something people have to hear. It's okay to tell someone that you're sorry. Like it doesn't make you a weaker person to let someone know that you messed up, like take accountability for your actions, because I think that's the most important thing that you can do, because once you start doing that, that's when you start growing. And I think that's a major part of life. So accountability to me is actually owning up to the decisions that you make in life, whether it's wrong or right. You might just take accountability for something that you know, that you may want to, that's not even a bad thing, like that you just want to step up for you're taking accountability for something. And I think it's actually a really, really important trait to have. So that's what accountability means to me, Akeem, what does it mean to you? 
you know, I think it's a, I think it's one of those, uh, one of those tree branches of the word character. Um, you know, when I think about accountability, man, I think it's something that I had to learn very early, right? Everything is on you, right? Everything is on you. And even if, you know, there's sometimes people are privileged enough to come into these families who have everything taken care of, but even then it's what do you do with what you have, right? And so for me, it's, it's, it's always about owning up to it, whatever you say you're going to do, holding yourself at risk to succeed or to possibly fail, but to also learn, right? So accountability is just something that we all have to do every single day and try and do it well. You know, even when you aren't tired, even when you are tired, if you say you're going to do something, right, be accountable to do that. If you say you're going to be on time, be accountable to do that. If you say you're going to put your best foot forward, be accountable to do that. Because at the end of the day, you have to, you have to be the one to get the ball rolling. You have to be the one to get things flowing. And so nobody, you know, I try and tell my little, uh, my little brother and my siblings this all the time, right? I'm like, look, man, I'm always going to listen to the history of what you guys do because I know you guys. I've been changing your guys' diapers. I know the history of you, right? But if you want to know a person, look at the history of what they say that they did, what they didn't do. Look at the history of a person. The history will tell you the truth. And if you are accountable in all of these different areas, that's a person that you can trust, right? So yeah. for me, accountability, whatever it is you say you're going to do, don't expect anyone to do it for you. You be the one to do it. You hold yourself accountable because if you expect others to do that for you, yeah, you will be disappointed and you will let yourself down and you will be discouraged because you did not hold yourself accountable first. You wanted people to do it for you. Having accountability partners is great, but you still have to be the one to hold yourself accountable first. So that's that's what it means to me. Point blank would love to know what does accountability mean to you? And try saying that word six times fast and see if you can say it off the top of your dome. But Chantel, before we get out of here, I know we just had the word of the week, but uh, uh, I was thinking, I, I had just seen it today. Um, you know, April is looking like some serious fighting going on, right? Ooh. You know, I, I just saw, I think they're trying to make, uh, Amanda Serona might be fighting. Uh, I just saw Shakur Stevenson and Oscar Valdez might be fighting. Um, I also saw, I don't know if it's going to be in April, but Cambosis Jr. and Devin Haney. Um, yeah. What, 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 it's, it's yes or no. And you can give me a little bit of breakdown on it. Do you think this is a year that we're actually going to get the fights we want to see? Um, well, if he gets Shakur Stevenson and Oscar Valdez, yes. And if we're going to get Cambosis Jr. and we're going to get Devin Haney, yes, because those are two fights that are definitely on my list. So if that all goes through and let's hope that COVID chills out, um, I really, I, those are two fights that I definitely want to see this year. Um, and I think Shakur Stevenson, like that Oscar Valdez and Shakur Stevenson fight is crazy. Like, I don't even know who's going to win that. Like right now, like I, you know me, I'm a big fan of Shakur. Like I've been hyping up Shakur for a while now, but Oscar Valdez, he's a problem and people actually don't talk about him enough in that division. So I'm looking forward to that. And then also, um, you know, Cambosis Jr. and Devin Haney, like that's going to be in Australia probably. Like I would mm -hmm. think, and they're going to unify the belt. So that's a unification belt, which is crazy. So I'm into that as well you know what, the one fight that I do want to see, and I don't think we, we're going to get it next year because there's so much going on, is obviously Bud Crawford and Errol Spence. Until I get that fight, 
And I hope I'm not like 35 when we get that fight. <laughs> you might be. <laughs> you might I, be. I, I might be, yo, but, um, but seriously, like if until I get that fight, I'm, I'm going to hold off on saying we get the fights that we want because that's the fight that I want to see. And I want to see it before Bud turns like 37 or 38. And I want to see that fight before I turn 35. So I got a few years left in that. So please make it happen because like that's what boxing fans want to see. Also, we might see Canelo and Better BF. I don't think we get that fight this year. Um, I think better BF's going to be like 40 and Canelo's going to be like, yeah, I'm going to take him. I don't duck nobody, but that's literally what's going to happen. So, um, and also um, Charlo and um, Castano, that fight as well. We're going to be getting yes. that in February, right? So I'm excited for that rematch. Uh, so we are getting a lot of fights. I'm looking forward to it, but I, I need Bud Crawford and Errol Spence. Like, I, I need that fight in my life. What about you, Akeem? Do you think we're going to get some of the fights we want this year? I'm going to keep it short and tell us what I realized. Until the contract is signed, don't get too high expectations. And that is how we are going to close out the show. Point Blank would love to know, do you think we're going to get the fights that we want to see? Until the contract is signed, I put nothing past nobody. So with that being said, I am Akeem Haynes. I'm Chantel Chan. And this is Point Blank. And of course, we'll see you next week. <laughs>